You're listening to Prosperous Coach Podcast with host Rhonda Hess, helping you to choose a smart coaching niche and launch your coaching business with confidence. Hey, coaches, I'm so glad that you've tuned in. Today, we're going to put a pause on the Smart Mindsets and Habits series for an on-air coaching session. I've done three of these before. This is where you can listen in as I work with a coach to narrow their target audience to a viable group who's likely to invest in support to get where they want to go. If you would like help to do the same, apply for on-air coaching. You can do it on the show notes. It's prosperouscoach.com slash 24. And it's open for a limited time. So grab that now. For this on-air episode, I have the pleasure of collaborating with Deborah York, and I'm going to have Deborah tell you a little bit about herself. Go ahead, Deborah. Hi, Rhonda. But I am a divorced mother of two young men that are coming into their own. Uh, my younger son will be graduating soon and going off to med school, uh, as my other son is um, working full time and taking classes and still trying to figure out what he wants to do. And I guess that kind of makes me think about my coaching and trying to uh, wrangle it in to determine which direction I really want to go into. Um, I tell people all the time that I'm a Jill of all trade and master of some uh, because having my two master's degrees, I love working with people and helping them to uncover Um, their purpose or their path in life. And that's, I guess, what's caused me to struggle a little bit because I want to help everyone. And I understand uh, as a coach, you can't help everyone. That's a hard one, isn't it? We really do want to help everyone. (laughs) It's so true. Anything else you want to tell us about yourself, Deborah? Well, having the the master's degrees, I have one in industrial organizational psychology that has a specialization in leadership coaching. So when I initially started coaching, and it's been almost 10 years ago now, um, I started off with uh, coaching people that were in management or looking to get into management. And through that, it made me look even deeper. And so I ended up getting another certification in health and nutrition. So my approach is more of a holistic approach, uh, but still trying to find that right group of people that saw the value that I brought to the table and were willing to pay for it has been the struggle. Yeah. And you probably know, because you've been listening to my podcast a little bit, and I think you've followed me for a while, and you probably know that you are not at all alone in that particular challenge. And I think a lot of people who are really enthusiastic about coaching and helping others do float around a little bit, looking for that target audience or that niche that they want to do. And And it's not the easiest thing to figure out on your own. So I'm really honored that you have reached out to me and and to have this session. We're going to do our best to have you come away from this with a clear understanding of who you're going to serve. And that will open up all sorts of doors and windows for you. So that would be amazing. (laughs) Yeah. And I also just want to acknowledge you, Deborah, because, wow, you're a divorced mom of two boys And you have two MAs. Yes. But it is personally amazing to me when I meet women who have kids 
they are the primary or sole provider for those kids and they go and get advanced degrees and they have a job and they're going to build a business. It's, it's just amazing. You are a superwoman. <laughs> yeah. So I, you have my high, high respect. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you like to coach holistically and I just want to pump my fist for that. Here's what I really believe is that coaching is coaching is coaching. Mm-hmm. And I love it when I hear people use that term holistic, because what that tells me is that you get it, that people are not segmented into their relationships, their career, their, you know, their bodies, that it's all one. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. When I am working with my clients, sometimes I'll do somatic coaching, even though their business is the main focus. Mm Mm-hmm. Sometimes we'll talk about what's going on at home. Sometimes we're going to talk about mindset. Sometimes we're going to talk about spirituality. Mm -hmm. I really like what you're saying there. That said, is there any kind of leaning that you have there? For example, leadership. Mm -hmm. It seems like you have already done some of that coaching out there. So I'm just wondering, is, is that a leaning for you? Yes, it is. Um, I guess my biggest struggle is the fact that, you know, my sweet spot is the up and coming um, leaders, you know, or I guess for lack of a better term is our, our future leaders. Yeah. Um, but that the struggle there is that they're up and coming. And so their finances may not be uh, readily available to pay for my services. Yeah, that is a hard thing. And I, I'm, I'm writing down future leaders. I, I'm really moved by that phrase. Mm-hmm. And you have named something that is a big challenge. And that is that if you want to work with people who are, they've left the home, mm-hmm. but they are really just getting started in their lives, they're not likely to have the money to invest into one-on-one coaching unless they have a pretty good salary at this point. Mm -hmm. In your mind, do you imagine that these future leaders, are they employed? Yes, they are. Uh Uh-huh. And are they people who are going to want to stay within organizations or do you think they're people who would want to break free from working for someone else and work for themselves in some capacity? I would think that those that see the value in what we do would be more of an entrepreneurial spirit. Okay. That's pretty exciting. Okay. We're starting to to move in a certain direction. So what I'm hearing is up and coming future leaders is really important to you. That's your sweet spot. Mm -hmm. And you are more attracted to the entrepreneurial sort rather than working interorganizationally with people, like getting getting a gig or, or a contract or something like that for a coaching uh, contract within an organization. Yes. Okay. That answers some things. Let me ask you a little bit about when you envision your business, are you thinking about it being regional, like you're going to work with people 
within a 30 to 50 mile radius of you, or are you thinking national or international? I'm thinking national. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about your business model. Have you thought at all? Have you dreamed at all about what kind of things you're going to be offering? You mean as far as workshops or? Yeah. Do you want to work with your clients one-on-one? Do you want to work with them in groups? Would those groups be online? Sounds like workshops might be a possibility for you. I I would love to do speaking engagements and I would love to, um, to work with groups because I think that, again, going back to that, that group uh, straight out of college, uh, first job uh, type of um, audience that working uh, in a group setting would be really good. Okay, great. That's exciting. So have you already done some speaking? I've done it for years. I mean, um, my former life, I was in sales and I traveled all over the United States and I uh, did a lot of speaking engagements. So that's not something that's foreign to me. Oh, that's fabulous. Okay, great. Still have a job right now. It's a, a part-time job working in a high school. Mm. And so I'm constant, and, and that's why that's my sweet spot, the, the young future leaders, is because I'm always talking to them about their future plans. You know, with, with some of your high schoolers, they know that they want to go off to college or they, want, they know that they want to go into the military, but that's as far as they get. So I'm always trying to plant a seed with them to make them think about their future. Um, always having conversations of, uh, about uh, modeling, coaching, and mentoring uh, to help them get to their their next spot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I'm always complimented on the way that I encourage them and the way that I I motivate them into looking in areas that they may not have thought about. Great. So we've got quite a bit already that's helpful to us. And let's talk a little bit about the age of the people that you want to work with when you're thinking about future leaders. Are they still living at home with their parents? No. Okay. So they've moved out. Mm-hmm. How, how uh, far out of the nest are they? <laughs> <laughs> I would say that they're probably just graduated. They're into their first jobs. They, they may even be in grad school. Okay, in grad school. Yeah. So I sigh a little bit here because I think we both know that people in that stage of life really could use a thinking partner and someone who could help them move forward. There's no doubt about the fact that you could have a big impact, a big positive impact on those people. And it is true that at that age, 75% to 100% on their own. Their parents may be giving them a little bit of money or helping them out a little bit, but for the most part, um, their parents may be expecting them to be the decision makers and, and to manage their money and all that kind of stuff. That's not to say that all young people are struggling to, to pay for things, but It certainly would be that if you wanted to work with that particular audience, the people who are in grad school, say, Mm -hmm. that you would have to find individuals who have disposable income, either because their parents have it and therefore they have it, 
mm-hmm. or they are already employed at a high enough level that they could invest. Mm-hmm. So just thinking about that, how does that make you feel? I guess that's why I'm I'm in the predicament that I'm in because, yeah. you know, that's the group that I, I see can benefit the most, but don't necessarily have the funds to, to do so. Yeah. And, you know, and one thing that comes to mind is the fact that, you know, one of my son's uh, roommates is graduating in May and uh, he's doing his internship now. Well, the internship is typically the last thing that they do before they graduate. Well, he's now figured out this is not what I want to do. Uh, so now he's looking to, to incur a debt to go to grad school to give him more time to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Whereas I felt if he utilized, if he has the funds to go to grad school, if you use the funds to pay for someone to help him think all of this through, then maybe he's not going to be out of as much money <laughs> as he would paying for another degree. Um, but he could start his future now versus waiting another year or two years from now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I'm slowing down a little bit within myself because I'm feeling your dilemma mm-hmm. and what has had you in the stuck place. And I get it. And I think that your pause to dive into this audience is a good pause because you need to make a living. Mm-hmm. And so there's a couple of options, I think. One option is that you roll back a little bit in the age group that you work with and that perhaps what you do is you work with parents mm-hmm. of uh, either high school graduates or students approaching graduation mm-hmm. to help them get their children ready for the world of decision-making and Mm -hmm. navigating through opportunities and choices and being able to make those choices from a place of intelligence and maturity and with a, a sense of their own values and purpose and things like that. That's one option is to kind of roll back the age, if you will. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and then have the parents be part of that relationship. So you might mostly coach the students, mm-hmm. but also coach the parents to some degree in order to get them involved in building their future leaders. Okay. So that's one option. The other option is that you catch these people a little bit later in their lives when they are employed and earning and making decisions on their own. And at the same time, they're not feeling that sense of purpose that they really want. Now, I'm not saying that is a viable audience. It could be. You'd have to find some way to get in front of them. Mm -hmm. How would you feel about sliding one way or the other with this audience? I'm okay with that, but I think that probably the easier slide would be with the parents Mm -hmm. because I'm not sure how I would find that other group. Yeah. Okay. So the upside of course of that is that you will be mostly marketing to people who are holding the purse strings. Mm -hmm. They care about their children and they want their children to do well. And some of them may be very invested in that. I know that 
there are parents for whom seeing their children leave the nest in a really powerful way is really huge. It's, you know, it's foremost on their mind. Mm -hmm. That's the upside of that. The downside of that is that in a way you have two audiences to market to because you're going to have to find a way to also appeal to the people you're ultimately going to serve, which is the students themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How are you with connecting with young people? Is that a strength of yours? Yes, it is. That's funny. When I was in my early 20s, I remember having a conversation with my mother and I said, I don't know what my gift is. And my mother laughed and she said, your gift is young people. Mm, okay. And, and I'm like, what do you mean? And it was because they're attracted to me. We have conversations. They know that there's no judging when I talk to them, uh, that I talk to them from a sense of caring. I treat all of the kids that I encounter like they're my children. Mm. You know, I share a lot of the same stories and things that I've done for my two boys. I started paying attention to what they naturally gravitated to, and I just cultivated that. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And so what I try to tell parents now, find out where your kids, their sweet spot is, what they're naturally drawn to, and then cultivate that instead of saying, you know, your mom and dad, they're both lawyers and you're going to follow the family business, which is, which is what a lot of parents do and the kids struggle because that's not what they want to do. Yeah, so that means that the kind of parents you want to attract are the kinds of parents who are like you. They are interested in helping their children find the sweet spot and not necessarily follow into their footsteps or their mm -hmm. family's footsteps. Yeah. Okay, great. Let me check in with you. So we're talking about working with parents and maybe juniors, you know, in high school. Mm-hmm to help those kids develop leadership skills and a sense of direction, it sounds like. Mm -hmm. If you feel into that, on a scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you about that 10 being the most? A, a 10. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's exciting. I love hearing that. And something I hear in you, Deborah, is that it, it feels to me like you really believe in yourself. Yes, I do. Yeah. I can hear that and, and good for you. And it also sounds like you know that you have the skill to do this. It's just a matter of having direction so that you can spring from that direction. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think where the confidence came from is, you know, I went back to school and finished all of my education as that single mom. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of my, well, there was a couple professors that stick out that poured into me. And this confidence has been there because of the things that they've said to me. Well, you deserve every bit of that. And I think that we've landed on something. Are you willing to click on the certainty button for it? Absolutely. Okay, great. <laughs> you, I think, are pretty clear on your zone of genius and, and where you, as you called it, your sweet spot, where you want to go. And you also, I think, understood why I was saying it might be helpful to slide one direction or another. Mm -hmm. Just get a little more specific. I'm always encouraging coaches to a specific, unique, narrow audience because that gives you a lot of power. Now you know that you need to speak to parents mm -hmm. and to their junior, senior, high schoolers. 
Mm-hmm. You need to speak to both of them. And you're going to have to appeal to the parents in order for them to make an investment in you. They're mm-hmm. going to have to see the value of what you're doing. And so as you're developing messaging and branding and things, I would really recommend that you focus more on the parents at first. Okay. Focus on what are the outcomes that they want to see for their junior and senior high schoolers? Mm -hmm. What is really important to them at the end of the day? What's keeping them up at night? What's worrying them? What's on their mind? What do they not know how to solve themselves that you can help them solve when it comes to their junior and senior high schoolers. Mm -hmm. The next step that I recommend that coaches take once they have targeted an audience is to go out and do a little bit of market research. And some people get a little bit afraid of that term market research. I actually just put up episode number 22, prosperouscoach.com slash 22 in case anybody hasn't heard it. And it's called why should a coach do market research? It's really not a big scary as much as it sounds like it is, but it is worth it to have conversations one-on-one with parents who do have this age of children and to put them off guard. You know, not you're not selling them anything at this point. You're mm-hmm. you're really just trying to understand their world. And of course, you know this world mm-hmm. because you have been there still. You want to talk to other parents and a variety of parents and hopefully some parents you don't know who could become your future clients because that's going to give you their words. What comes out of their mouth is what your marketing should be, what your web copy should be. It's it's what you should focus on when you're developing your signature program and your talk titles and all of that. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And I think the temptation that I see a lot of coaches do is, you know, they might want to just put up a website and say, well, I'm a future leader coach. And then the site is all about coaching. It doesn't really address the people you're serving and what they want so much. Mm -hmm. They'll be willing to invest in your help to get it. So yeah, that, those are the next steps. Everything comes from there. Do you have any last comments, questions, anything you want to share? Well, I think one of the things that you've got my mind really spinning right now is as to the possibilities and the um, connections that I currently have that I could possibly utilize to get to my target audience. Uh, Because I think I told you that, you know, I work with high schoolers now. Mm -hmm. Uh, So in thinking about, Um, the career success coaches that we have um, that work with a group of kids that I I currently work with. I'm always having conversations with them and they from time to time will have different sessions where they need speakers and so forth. So now I'm ready to kind of put myself out there and volunteer. Whereas before, because I wasn't sure which direction to go, I just kind of kept mum. So now you've given me the courage to to go out there and and do what I need to do. Okay. Consider that you hold off a little bit before you go volunteer, before you go do those speaking gigs, until you've got a little bit of a foundation built around this target audience and niche. What's really important is that you leverage every opportunity that you give yourself out there Mm -hmm. into a potential enrolling conversation or enrollment opportunity. 
to, to just go ahead and start volunteering now may sort of um, show your hand before you're totally ready and it might burn that opportunity. Mm -hmm. Usually there needs to be something between that speaking opportunity and a free consult or discovery session. Usually people need a little bit more before they're ready to talk with you. Mm -hmm. And that's where the freebie comes in. So anyway, I just wanted to put a bug in your ear about that and, and have you be really strategic about your next moves. Okay. 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 All right. Well, this has been so much fun. You are a powerhouse. I'm really clear about it. And I have absolutely all the trust in the world that you are going to ace this. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time, Deborah. I really appreciate it. It's been my pleasure. I'm so glad you tuned in to Prosperous Coach Podcast. Please share this episode with other coaches. And if you're listening on the iTunes podcast app, review this show. Joel Bass did my theme music. Thanks, Joel.